Boy, that was good. That was some kind of good. One of my fondest memories of this church is Baptist Men's Day. I think it was one of the first mornings we'd ever came here, probably 13, 14. might have been not quite that long, probably 10 years ago maybe. Brother Jim Kennebrew preached the message. And I'm telling you what, he preached the message. And uh, it, it just it broke my heart. It just it, it convicted me of where we needed to be and where we needed to be serving the Lord in our community. But Brother Jim, I'll never forget it. He would he, he preached from the heart. And y'all and most of y'all know, but some of y'all may not know. But he was a man of God and his legacy lives on in this church and in this community today. And he was he was great. I don't I can't put that thing up in my face. <laughs> it ain't working. Can y'all hear me? Okay. Uh, Mr. Thomas talking about being nervous. I'm pretty nervous myself. I got so much stuff here. And uh, thank you. Let's see where I'm going to get started at. Uh, If you would turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Verse 15. I got some notes here. I'm going to try to stick to them. Maybe I, maybe I won't forget nothing or get sidetracked and get off on off the subject. But I thought about this today what I had to do and, I, and I, I'm really not really prepared for it. I, I haven't really spent a lot of time thinking about what I was going to do. But I, I knew I'm not a preacher for one but, but I know that today's Father's Day and I was thinking that you know the, the, the foundation that we have here in this church family, it means a lot to me and I'm kind of proud of it because I have men that, that, that were here that aren't here anymore that I remember you know, Brother O.D., uh, Brother Joe Jackson, you know, Bobby Kennebrew, it's just a strong bunch of guys that I can remember as, as first-hand example, Brother Jim, that, that really was the foundation of this church and was leading people and calling people to, you know, come go to church, you know, and come see us, you know, and just a solid foundation of this church. That I, and, and I thought, you know, today being Father's Day, I just kind of, we need to be a Father's Day-themed deal, so... Uh, so the title I guess if I had to have a title for this what I'm fixing to talk about would be uh, God is a good father and uh, in Romans if you would I'm going to read Romans chapter 8 verse 15 and 16 and it says for you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear but you received the spirit of sonship and by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So we are all God's children. I'm going to open in prayer if you would, and then I'll get started. So Lord in heaven, as I come before you now, Lord, I just pray that this word that I'm talking about today, Lord, that it'll, uh, that it'll prick somebody's heart, Lord, or, or whatever you wish it to be done. I wish your will to be done here this morning with it. I just I pray that you'll just... Give me the wisdom, Lord, and the knowledge to speak and to glorify you through your word, Lord. And I pray that your Lord will be revealed and you'll be glorified 
through what we do this morning here as, as men of this church, as spiritual leaders of this church, Lord. I just I pray that we can glorify you in all that we do. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. The Bible is clear about our relationship with God. And God, He is our Father. We are His children. He's the creator of everything. Everything that we have, everything that we do, everything that is provided to us is from God. God is sovereign. And like we learned at church camp, God knows everything from the beginning to the end. He sees it all at one time. So He knows exactly what's going to happen and what's happened and what we're going to do. So he, he is our Father. He is our Creator. And we are created in His image. So how remarkable is that? To think, you know, we, we are not the gorilla, you know, that, that was shot in the zoo. That, that, you know, we, Jesus died on the cross for us, not the gorilla. You know, so, so many people get so sidetracked over the things that are going on in this world that this gorilla got shot. And that was a kid created in God's image that they were protecting. And 60-something people died that same week that the, all the media covered about this gorilla. And they never said nothing about 60-something people killed in Chicago that week. Nobody heard nothing about that. So people aren't really focused on the true meaning of what God is here for and why God is our Father and why we were created. And I, I got off on the track there, and I shouldn't have got off on that. But anyway, I just we were created in God's image, and God is our Father. And... uh. 265 times in the scripture identifies God as our Father. And uh, the word Father has a lot of different meanings to people. You know, some, some meanings might be, uh, some people might think uh, fun, loving, warm memories of their Father. You know, I, we like to, to create memories with our kids and, and uh, go on vacations and stuff and you know, birthdays and graduations and stuff like that. And that's a lot of warm meanings and things come up whenever you say the word Father to, to a lot of kids. You know, and then there's uh, some people have a lot of warm memories of their father. And, and it may bring sadness to them because they're not here anymore. You know, the, the same loving, warm memories, but it may bring some sadness in their heart also because uh, they're missing their loved ones. You know, so... So it's a lot of different types of, uh, of memories you have when you bring up the word Father to some people. Some have uh, absence and rejection. You know, it may be somebody here today that has uh, had been rejected by their father and, uh, and, and, and the absence of them in their life, you know, which it may be a hole there. But, but God can fill that hole. He's, uh, he's not only our Father, but He's a good Father. And uh, when you think about God being a good father, you think about in the middle of the night, if your kids cry out, you don't just lay there in the bed and say, oh, they'll be all right, you know. They can fend for themselves. You get up and you go check on them and you go take care of them and see what their, their need is and you and fulfill it. And, uh, and, and God is right there with us, especially in the hardest times of our lives, you know, where we have a lost loved one or a lost father. And, and he, he's going to be there with you, just like a good father is that goes and takes care of his kid. You know, it's, this, it's the same example, you know, that we live from the example God sets for us. And in those, in those hard times that we struggle 
It's this, that's the valley, you know, like we talked about at church camp. Uh, he's with us the entire time, in the good times and the bad times. And when you're in that valley, God being the good Father that He is, is whenever you understand Him better. And you understand that He is there for you and His love for you, and you understand it better, and, and, and it's, a deeper, it's a deeper understanding of God being your Father as you go through those low times is what I'm trying to say. As you, and when you come out of them, you're stronger and you're better and you realize that He's there for you and He's provided for you through that, through that hard time. And I'm going I'm to uh, read uh, Psalm 34, 18 would be what I'd like to read. Then. And that's how the Scripture backs that up. Psalm 34, 18. You don't have to turn there. I'll just read it to you. It says, The, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And that's that's another that's that's the scripture backing that God is with you all the time through the hard times and through the bad things that you're going through. And uh, another one that brings me comfort is Psalm 116, and it says, "I love the Lord for He heard my voice; He heard my cry for mercy, because He turned His ear to me. I will call on Him as long as I live." So you can rely on God as a good father. And you can always call on Him. And He's always going to incline that ear to you in prayer. A, a good relationship with God, talking to Him in prayer, and reading in this Word, and the Holy Spirit's going to guide and direct you through everything that you go through. No matter how low the valley or how high the mountain, and when you're on top, God's with you either way. So, now, I'm going to kind of go... And copy, uh, me and Big Boy kind of had the same idea for this uh, Father's Day message. And I'm going to read in Luke chapter 15. And so I'm going to read that right now before I say anything else. And I'm going to start at verse 3. If y'all want to turn there, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty common scripture. But it says, and Jesus, and this is uh, Luke chapter 15, verse 3. And Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and his neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not repent. That's one parable that Jesus gave as a, uh, an example of how God loves you and how God is your Father and how He thinks that you have special value. You're that, if you're that one sheep, you know, you, you are worth going to get just because you got 99 here. He's not going to leave you and let you go. He's going to, and he's going to rejoice whenever he gets you back. Verse 8 says, this is the parable of the lost coin. And uh, it says, Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Does she not let light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of angels of God 
over a sinner who repents. So as God, your value is just like the value of that lost coin to that woman, to God. And this is the one that, that, that finishes up chapter 15. It's another parable. The parable of the lost son. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after the younger, the younger son got together, all he had set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything there was, a severe famine in that whole country. Let me see. Back at, back at uh, verse 14. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country. And he began to, to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. Now, big boy knows about feeding pigs because we got one, he takes care of it. And that's what he's explaining how horrible of a job that is, or how nasty that pig is, or how you know rude and abrupt that pig is. So, this boy was in dire need. And not only was he taking a job feeding pigs, but he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. So, he was hungry and he was starving. So, when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men? have food to spare. How many servants of his father had food to spare? And here he was starving, not even getting to eat what the pigs had. And here I am starving to death. I will set, and verse 18 says, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and filled with compassion for him, he ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. He didn't wait for him to get there. He didn't rub his face in it. He was glad to see him coming. He longed for him. He had been sitting there waiting for him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. So that's the love that God has for you, no matter what you do, no matter what path you go on, that fatherly love, it never goes away. George Strait sang the song, Love Without End, Amen. He loved, loved, fathers love their children. They don't just love them every now and then. They love them on and on. They never stop. So no matter what happens, I'm not going to stop loving you. And it reminds me of a commercial on Caleb was on the radio the other day, and it was for Teen Challenge. And it was one of these singers and he said something about how he had really messed up and, and he, was, he was on the wrong path. Or one of his kids, it was one of his kids is what it was. And they were on the wrong path. And, and he said, what am I supposed to do? You know, I'm, I'm not going to stop loving you. And, one, and Sydney or Sadie, I can't remember which one it was, they started laughing. And it made me feel good because they knew that I wouldn't stop loving them no matter what they done or what they done wrong. 
And, and God's that way. And then and this scripture backs it in this parable that Jesus gave, giving us an example of how God loves you no matter what, no matter what you've done, no matter what you're going to do. He knows from the beginning to the end what's going to happen. And He loves you no matter what. Now here in verse 25, and we'll carry on from there, it says, Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. And the servant said, Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him in back and safe and sound. So the son was back and he's safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all of these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son, when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. And this is what the father said. He said, My son, the father said, You are always with me and everything is your everything I have is yours. But he had to celebrate and be glad because his brother, this brother of yours, was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. But the key part to it is the father said, You are always with me, and everything I have is yours. Everything he has is yours. Whether you're the prodigal son or whether you're the faithful servant of God, serving the church, serving the community, reading the word and praying, you're you're, everything you have is God's, just the same. But you should be happy and glad like is, that, that the son came back. And, then repent, and, and, and the repentance of the son, he was lost, but now he's found. And that's, a, that's, that's two examples of how God loves you know, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. It's you, it's it's all yours, if you love the Lord and and, and if you love God, he's, he's your father when you're when you're no good, and he's your father whenever you are good. He's the same. I got something wrote right here about that. Let me see what I wrote. It said, "God is our Creator, and He provides for us and cares for us. We are special value to Him, so special that He gave His Son Jesus, the perfect plan of salvation, and that is Jesus." So, in this whole chapter 15, you see the value that God holds for us as His children. From, from the sheep, one sheep being missing, to the coin, the value of the coin, to the prodigal son, to the son that was left at home. We have great value. We are special value to God as His children. No matter what we do, no matter what we've been through, no matter what we're going through. And uh. This is a devotional that I had right here. I'm going to read you the end of it, and I'm going to close with it. And uh, this is by a lady named Andrea Locato. Her daddy's probably Max Locato, but I'm not sure. But I'm going to read it to you anyway. It says, uh, I'm not sure who it is, but we can look into that later. It says, uh, when you begin to view God as your father, you start to see him as not only the creator of the universe, but the creator of you. He intimately, he intimately knows you. He did not create us and walk away. He created us, sent His Son to die for us, and left the Holy Spirit to guide us. God consist, consistently 
moves towards his children. In the Old Testament, he made covenants with his people of Israel. He forgave them when they rebelled and worked to restore his relationship with them. Worked hard to restore his relationship with them over and over and provided for them and they still, you know, didn't do right. And uh, Then he sent his son, the ultimate act of restoration. Now in Christ, we have the Holy Spirit who leads us and teaches us, calling us deeper and deeper into, uh, into relationship with our Father. The Holy Spirit is your, is your guidance. That's what God left here to guide us through all the things that we go through. I tell these kids, just about every lesson that we read in this Sunday school book is that Holy Spirit, man, it's an awesome thing. Anytime you're convicted over, an, like this morning, the idols, maybe the Xbox, maybe your Facebook page, maybe your Glock pistol, you know, or your collection of Glock pistols, or wanting to go shoot, and whatever it may be, the Holy Spirit's going to guide you and let you know that you're on, in, the, in the wrong spot. You know, you're convicted of it. You ain't crying, are you? You laughing? <laughs> okay. Man, I was fixing to say, well, I'm doing some good here, Shane. He's crying. <laughs> but anyway, I'm talking about myself because I, I was there, sitting not far from where you're at right now. And the conviction will hit you, and thank God for that. Because if you didn't have that conviction, where would you be? If you didn't have the Holy Spirit convicting you of the things that you're doing wrong, you're in bad shape. You're in bad shape. So I thank God for that Holy Spirit, the great comforter that... that, that let me see if I can get this to come back on. When it, the great comforter that, that Jesus left here whenever he went back. Is, is, it's an awesome thing. It's a perfect plan of salvation, y'all. It, it, it's not complicated at all. It's very, very simple. Don't It ain't no Jesus and and all this other stuff. Just stick to it. Stick to the cross and stick to Calvary and you're going to be fine. It's nothing. You don't have to jump through any hoops. You don't have to just, you know, do certain things on certain days. It's a, it's a great gift that God made us, His children, through His Son, Jesus Christ, on Calvary, that died for us. And that sin, that blood covers us from that sin so that, so that God, so that we're in front of God clean, cleansed, perfect, perfectly clean. Let me see where I left off here. It's an amazing thing about the Christian life. There is always more to learn about God and His character. There is always a new level of intimacy to be reached. We are constantly transformed from glory to glory. Let us continue to answer His call to draw deeper still. And I don't even near about know how to close this, but I know one thing, that if you keep your eyes on Calvary and you keep your eyes on the cross, and you keep your eyes on Jesus, the Holy Spirit's going to guide and direct you. There's no doubt in my mind, and I'll argue with anybody in the world. And i got several good friends that are pastors. My brother-in-law is one, and one of my best friends is a pastor. And anytime you're arguing or anytime you're having a problem with something, you can go to the cross, and it's going to defeat whatever you're arguing with. If it's an atheist, if it's a, a Buddhist, if it's a, a whatever cult or whatever things that you're arguing with somebody about, if you go to that cross and you bring up Jesus Christ and Calvary, then, then, then you, have, you have fixed that argument right there because nobody can argue with that. That blood of Jesus is the most perfect thing that could ever be said or ever, ever be done for anybody. And I tell my kids that. That day on Calvary, on that cross, is the most important day of your life. When Jesus went to that cross and died for you, he died for your sins, and that is the most important thing that ever happened for you. And I'll end with that. Shane, I don't know how you want to handle this, 
But if you want to do an altar call or if y'all want to play some music. But that's all I have today. And I mean, that's, I hope that's, I want to glorify God in all we do. And Jesus is the number one way to do it. I'll close in prayer. Go on and do that real quick. Lord in heaven, we thank you for this uh, word you give us, Lord. We thank you for this perfect plan. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, Lord. He is one awesome Savior. And we cannot glorify him or you enough, Lord. We just thank you so much for all you do for us here as a church family. Lord, we just thank you for all these strong men, these spiritual leaders in these families, Lord. I just pray that they'll just step up another step, Lord. And let's just further this community, further the, your kingdom in this community and in this church. And it's Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. Amen.